Welcome back to City of Desert, a study of the fathers of the Philokalia. If you remember in the past weeks, we've been discussing how to read the fathers of the Philokalia, the basic themes that they present us with. And last episode in particular, we discussed about where one would begin in the reading of the fathers, since it is only a chronological uh, grouping of the text. What would be the best for a, a new reader uh, to approach first? And uh, in our quest to answer that question, we came across a little story from The Way of the Pilgrim, a great Russian classic, uh, where the pilgrim who's seeking to uh, understand the prayer of the heart and how one would say the Jesus prayer has a dream of his dead starrets and ask him this very question, where do I begin in the reading of the fathers? And he gives him a list of authors to begin reading that have been gathered in one text of the uh, writings of the Philokalia called Writings on the um, Prayer of the Heart. And uh, with the addition of a few uh, other authors, including St. Gregory of Sinai and St. Simeon the Theologian, and so what I'd like to do with you here in the weeks and the months to come is to go through each of these writings systematically and look at how the fathers speak to us, in particular about the most important things of the interior life, uh, the control of the thoughts, purity of heart, the development of unceasing prayer. And I'm not going to go through this front to back. I'd rather begin uh, today on page 279 of the text, if you're following along, uh, with St. Hezekiah of Jerusalem in his work called Sobriety and Prayer. And so what I want to do with this text is to treat it as a kind of group Lexio Divina uh, with a slow prayerful reading of the text and then just trying to unpack it for ourselves gradually. Uh, so today I hope to get through um, maybe four or five of, of the, the sections of this work, Sobriety and Prayer, and, uh, and then we'll move on from there. And so we'll begin with the first paragraph. Sobriety is a spiritual art, Hezekiah tells us. Uh, often the writings of the fathers and their teachings have been described as the art of arts or the science of sciences, uh, that they show us the, the clearest path in the spiritual life to salvation and to purity of heart, and that their understanding of the mind and the heart was very much like a science. They came to know the human person very well, how the thoughts uh, work on us, how temptations affect us, and so it could definitely be spoken of, of either a science or an art in regards to its beauty in terms of their understanding of the human person. And so sobriety is a spiritual art which with long and diligent practice and with the help of God releases man completely from passionate thoughts and words and, for, and from evil deeds. Uh, so, with long and diligent practice, if you remember, a number of times we've spoken of asceticism uh, as being central to Christianity, or that Christianity is an ascetic religion, that it involves the exercise of the faith, but also the exercise of various practices where we can 
embrace the grace of God so as to reach a more immediate goal of purity of heart. And so Hezekiah reiterates this and tells us that it is only with long and diligent practice that this can be attained, where we would be able to cast out all passionate thoughts and words and deeds, that the formation of the human heart is not an easy thing. He goes on to say, and as it proceeds, it gives a sure knowledge of God, the incomprehensible, as far as this can be reached. And it gives in secret a solution of divine and secret mysteries. And so Hezekiah here is speaking of perhaps the more ultimate goal of these disciplines, which would be theoria or contemplation and also deification that by the grace of God, we would be made one with God, and so come to share in a deep experiential knowledge of him. True theology is not something that is learned from books. It is rather learned from experience and personal experience of intimacy with the Lord. He says, and it gives in secret a solution to the divine and secret mysteries. We are drawn ever more deeply into the mysteries and the wonders uh, of God himself that are beyond human imagination and beyond reason in regards to understanding. It's only in the darkness of faith that we come to grasp almost intuitively these deeper truths uh, of our God. He goes on to write, it is the doer of every commandment in the Old and New Testament and the giver of every blessing in the life to come. And so this kind of sobriety or watchfulness uh, in the spiritual life is something that helps us to be obedient to the commands of God, ever attentive to the workings of the human heart, the thoughts that are in our mind. We're also going to be attentive to the commandments of God. And it's through this then that we can become truly faithful Christians. In itself, it is, in essence, purity of heart, which on account of its greatness and its high qualities, or to speak more exactly, on account of our inattention and our carelessness, is very rare among monks today. So Hezekiah identifies it as purity of heart, very much like St. John Cassian would in his conferences that to purify the heart by uh, being watchful of our thoughts, of all the images that come to us, and moving from multiplicity to simplicity in thought is a way to uh, gain this kind of sobriety then that makes it possible for us to have a more perfect kind of prayer and unceasing prayer. Uh, he admits that it is very infrequent uh, among even the monks of his day. Hezekiah lived in the 5th century, so in the early 400s, dying around 434 uh, AD, and uh, if he says that about his time and about the monks in the desert, I think we have to ask ourselves uh, in what state we are, given the fact that we almost nurse a kind of distraction in our day-to-day -day life, we encourage the use of images, often illicit images, through television, uh, through movies, and through the internet. 
uh, perhaps we've lost our ability to enter into this science of sciences and have it be something that could tr truly bear fruit for us. That before we can even enter into what Hezekiah is teaching here, we, we almost have to uh, begin to simplify our lives and set aside the, the obvious things that are going to be an obstacle to this. It is this which Christ calls blessed, saying, Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Being then such as it is, it is bought for a great price. So once again, it is this purity of heart that allows us to see God, allows us to uh, experience contemplation or theoria. And it is to be seen as the pearl of great price, that we would be willing uh, in our ascetical life to sacrifice everything necessary in order to attain it. And that would mean setting aside many of the things that those in the world would see as benign or, or value, many forms of entertainment in order that we might uh, attain for ourselves the kind of silence and solitude we would need in order for it to emerge. Sobriety, he writes, if it be constant in a man, becomes his guide to a righteous and God-pleasing life. It is also a ladder towards contemplation, and it teaches us to govern rightly the movements of the three parts of the soul, that is, the three powers, the thinking, the excitable, and the desiring. It was believed among the fathers that there were three powers of the soul, that of intellection, or that involving the noose, which is not reason, but rather, again, a new, uh, an intuitive knowing uh, or an experiential knowing of God. The appetitive part of the soul, which would be the desiring, and then the excitable part of the soul or power of the soul, which would be the insensive power. Uh, sort of a clue to the meaning of the insensive is the word ins incensed that it allows us to see sin for what it is and then to act immediately and with force in order to uproot it from our lives. And so this sobriety that Hezekiah is speaking of uh, perfects these three powers of the soul in order that they might act in accord with the will of God. And he goes on to say, and to guard the senses securely, and increases daily the four great virtues, that is, wisdom, courage, abstinence, and justice. So the sobriety, the watchfulness of heart, nepsis, all allows us to guard our senses. We're in a constant state of receptivity as human beings through every one of our senses. And so sobriety, this kind of watchfulness, allows us to guard uh, every means through which we could be tempted into to sin. But it also helps to foster in a deeper way the fundamental virtues that he puts before us here, often uh, seen as the ancient Greek virtues that were emphasized, uh, wisdom, courage, abstinence, and, and justice. All of these become more firmly rooted within the human heart and soul. In the second paragraph, he just uh, uh, develops this a little bit for us by looking at Moses 
from the Old Testament. Uh, he writes, the great lawgiver Moses, or rather the Holy Spirit, showing the perfect and pure and comprehensive and elevating nature of this virtue, and teaching us how we must begin and complete it, says, Beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart, from Deuteronomy 15. So this comes back to what I mentioned earlier about Paul uh, saying in Second uh, Corinthians that we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And so in the Old Testament, we are not to let one wicked thought enter into our hearts. This is our asceticism as Christian men and women, that we take every thought captive, that we watch every thought that would enter into our heart so that we would do nothing or think nothing that would be displeasing to our God. By thought meaning any mental image, uh, some sinful thing abhorrent to God. And so not allowing any image even to emerge from the depths of the unconscious, that we uh, are to allow our hearts to be purified so deeply by our prayer and by the grace of God that our, our minds become free of any fantasy or, or image or imagination that, that might sully our hearts. And this the fathers also call suggestion. And here uh, Hezekiah is referring to one of the uh, elements of temptation uh, it's the initial suggestion from the devil himself, uh, putting forward an idea, a thought that seems attractive or benign to us, uh, that would lead us astray from having our attention upon the, the things of God. And so a thought uh, might seem, as I mentioned, benign, but it can be intrusive, something that can scatter our attention so that we might fall into a greater sin later. And finally, he writes, which is brought against the heart by the devil, and which our thoughts follow after as soon as it presents itself to the mind, and with which they passionately hold converse. So the suggestion, once it takes deeper root within the heart, uh, then becomes a conversation that we begin to pull the images, the ideas, the thoughts together into a form of fantasy where we are conversing with our thoughts, imaginary characters, or even with the devil himself. And see, we begin to see even here in the first two paragraphs of Hezekiah how important this sobriety uh, is for the spiritual life, that it is purity of heart, it is watchfulness, it is something that leads to contemplation, it protects us from temptation. It is all these things that we will continue to reflect upon in the coming episodes. Next week, we'll continue with Hezekiah of Jerusalem and uh, his thoughts on sobriety and how it leads to all virtues. Uh, if you have any questions about uh, what was discussed here today, uh, feel free to email me uh, any questions or thoughts, opinions that you might have, and we can address them the following episode. Uh, that's it for day, today, and I thank you for joining us, and look forward to seeing you soon.